Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 58, recorded on Thursday 30th June 2011. Is that a personal size issue? This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. Well, hello and welcome to This Week in Llamas, the weekly roundtable for all things wool, feed and shepherding. We apologise to those that downloaded or streamed this show expecting to hear about Lotus software, but we feel that llamas are our vision for tomorrow and we expect you to keep up. Think of this as an opportunity to expand your knowledge into other areas. And with that, let me bring in my llama farming expert, Mr. Darren Alpaca Duke. How are you, Darren? Hello, Stuart. And in fact, a few weeks ago, I did tweet that I'm going to give this all up and go farm alpacas. Well, there we go. It's all coming to pass. How are you? You had a good week? I saw the future. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been one of them strange fast weeks again. I don't know where we're going. As I get older, it gets faster, which is scary because then I get older quicker. Indeed. And I expected to get faster kind of over a few years, but it seems like this year has just flown by. It's going ever quicker. But it's, it's been an interesting week. It's been lots, lots to discuss. Not too many big pieces of news, but we've got plenty to uh, debate on this call. And we're joined once again this week by a customer, which is great. It's Mike McGowell. How are you, Mike? Hi, Stuart. Hi, Hi Darren. Thanks for having me on again. It's great to, to have you on, Mike. Thank you for joining yeah. us. Do you want to tell us who you work for and what you do there, Mike? I work for Sarnowski, which is a North American exhibit services company, and I work on their internet and extranet applications. Uh, all my work is involves Lotus, Domino, and XPages. Um, in part, in, in the community, I, I've worked on the Blogger Open site that uh, comes around in, around Lotusphere, and then uh, or, or, or the Lamasphere now. We're, of course, the name <laughs> will be changed, so we don't know yet. <laughs> And uh, I work on a ski log. <laughs> and then um, uh, I also uh, am the vice president of Granite, the uh, Chicago Llama user group. <laughs> and Michael used to actually raise alpacas. So this, <laughs> so it's almost appropriate I'm here too. So. It's great to have you on the call, Mike. Thank you for joining us. So the question I have for you, Mike, do you believe that we could create an entire weekly podcast <laughs> out of alpacas and slash llamas? Sure, because there's there's the feeding, there's the raising, there's the uh, there's the selling. There, there, there's a lot to, there's a lot involved. So it, it, it's possible. We'll bear that in mind for your future, Darren. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
So it's been an interesting week this week. We're gonna we're gonna come to some of the community stuff a little bit later on, but let let's work some of the new, work through some of the news as we normally do on this podcast. Um, and we are going to return, fortunately, to the Lotus topic for a little while. But let's start actually with WebSphere. It's been um, a week of announcements in the WebSphere brand. They've had a new version of the Portlet Factory um, released this week. It's now been rebranded as well as Web Experience Factory Seven O One. There's a link to the announcement in the show notes. So, um, guys, did you see this? In announcement any any thoughts on the announcement and the rebrand in that area i saw it this morning in the show notes (laughs) (laughs) i i think it goes to show that maybe the rebranding of the products is more than lotus but the irony is that portland factory was a lotus product so it's kind of hard to tell Absolutely. And of course, Portland Factory's kind of had an interesting background. It was developed by a business partner. I think it was Brook Street Bo- development. Bo Street. Yeah, Bo, Bo Street. Street. Bo Street, that's right. Uh, developed it and then IBM bought that company and bought it. I should say into the Lotus brand, but it's always had a WebSphere name, WebSphere Portland Factory. Uh, and, and and now it's Web Experience. So it sounds almost like we're ending up with, and we're going to try and stay away from branding for a little while, but almost like we've got two brands. We've got social business and Web Experience going forward. And Web Experience will be the kind of portal and, and web focused stuff and social business will be uh, for the collaboration side of things but I mean with, with Portland Factory it's always been um, kind of the the tool that was developed for business users really to be able to develop their own portlets without needing to really understand the underlying Java and just be able to kind of put these things together almost like Domino Designer did for people that developed those those um, solutions on notes years ago so I mean Mike is this something that, that you use in, in, in your company do you have Portal and, and if so do you use Portland Factory? No, we don't use that at all. We're not big enough to to, to use WebSphere products. We're just strictly notes and domino <laughs> for our stuff. Is 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 that a personal size issue or a company <laughs> size issue? <laughs> <laughs> it's a company size issue. So, so this brings up an interesting question. Uh, if, as 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 a customer of of IBM products, and You've just kind of insinuated you you think your company is too small. What what would you consider just as a number? How big a company would you have to be to be getting into WebSphere? To me, a couple thousand people, a couple thousand employees to to use WebSphere. I, I don't know. I'm not involved in that part of the business with that. So I I really am not sure if if we could use something smaller. I I just know cost wise. You know we're we're fine where where we are at. It, Notes Domino does everything we want it to do, and and I think that's an interesting and does it, uh, thought. And that that is uh, you know I think the if you were to ask a hundred Domino developers or a hundred Domino admins, I think you would probably hear the same number. Oh, you need you need thousands of users for WebSphere, and what I don't know is whether that's the case. Or whether we're just so used to having one box that can do absolutely everything, and oh my god, if it gets really big, we can put two boxes in and cluster. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's maybe the tipping point, or whether it really is a, a couple of thousand people. Stuart, you, you you deal with WebSphere because of connections quite yeah. a bit. What, what is is that? What you kind of see that you have to have thousands of users before it kind of makes sense, or is that just a fallacy we all like to tell ourselves? I think it is a fallacy to some extent. I I, I think it. Well, I, no, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It, it, it's a fallacy from a connections perspective because connections is just a 
a black box solution that sits on top of WebSphere. And you need to know some WebSphere and some DB2 and some TDI stuff to make connections work. But it's really a very limited subset of what WebSphere can do. I think if you wanted it to be your platform of development of choice and where you put all your strategic business applications then I think yes you do need to know a heck of a lot to make that platform work um, particularly if you have portal and also WebSphere to run your apps as well and and so therefore if, if I was to make the decision that whatever apps my business needs I want to run those on WebSphere I think you probably do need to be quite a large business to be able to make that strategic decision and be able to justify the expense that comes with it. And, and I know IBM fight this, right? We have multiple iterations of, of Portal. I think the latest one is, is Portal Express, which is, um, you know, targeted at the, at the SMB. Yeah. It, it's interesting to see if that is making any inroads or whether the, I guess, for want of a better word, the stigma of, of a word WebSphere indicating lots and lots and lots of hardware and lots and lots of resources is, is a sticking point because I... I I was logging into a couple of vendor portals the other day, and I actually noticed it was Portal. It was actually Brocade, the Switch uh, Foundry, Brocade Foundry, the Switch manufacturer. And I noticed theirs was Portal just because of a URL, and it was yeah. actually kind of pretty nice. Shock horror. Darren likes Portal. <laughs> and I think it can be made to look really, really good. And I think uh, you know some of the... The benefits in there, the personalization, the kind of standard, um, you know, pane of glass view that everybody comes into, some of the uh, integration with some of the other platforms out there are great. I, I, th- I think they're really good, but I think it's quite a heavy duty tool to get those features. And I think it can be done with a lighter tool. I think for some businesses that that is the right tool for them. You know, I, I work with some quite large organizations that are kind of, you know, they have all these different business apps and, and they want to present them to their users through one unified interface. And therefore Portal does that in a really good way. I think for companies maybe like Mike's and maybe others in that similar space, where actually they're dealing more with the right, application for the right tool it doesn't matter maybe if they're on different servers or on different urls actually the heavyweight nature of portal doesn't really suit that because you know they're happy to work with the applications for an application's sake rather than wanting that single solution that does everything for them I, I I I quite often talk about it you know as cars you know if if you want a, to buy a car that will you know, go every you know that could do 150 miles an hour, that can seat seven people in your family, that can swallow all your golf clubs and you know and and everything else that you want, and you know uh, also does you know 50 miles per gallon or whatever. You're going to have a pretty tough time getting a solution that does all those <laughs> things really well, and you're going to have an even tougher time getting that solution for the right price you're willing to pay. Whereas if you're willing to kind of compromise in some areas or take a more simple vehicle to get the job done you know maybe you want to buy two or three different vehicles to fulfill those different those different purposes then you can probably do that maybe cheaper maybe simpler using other solutions so it's it's a price to potential gap i guess possibly so possibly so but of course price is something that can always move isn't it you know if it's purely about license costs well then if you have the right conversations with the right people maybe price isn't an issue um but but from a you know where mike came from big enough to run this tool there are some infrastructure thoughts that need to go with that you know if you are going to go for that big swiss army knife fits all you need a big pocket 
you know to put it in and i i think that's true of of portal and web series you need significant number of servers particularly if you want to do it in a robust highly available way you probably need multiple infrastructures so you need production and pre-production and test maybe to to be able to to do your customization your integration work and therefore you end up with quite a large number of boxes for some customers that's not an issue for others it is and you still have to pay for, for test and dev boxes correct I would advise people to look at the letter of the licensing law on that. Um, I, I believe, yes, you should be licensed for every PVU, every CPU you use um, for all of those environments. I think probably there are um, there might be some flexibility used in certain customer situations to make sure that's not the case. But you'd have to speak to your licensed lawyer to cover that. <laughs> your licensed law firm. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, you, you know, Darren, you deal with an awful lot of customers. Do you have customers that use WAS and, and Portal in that kind of area? You know, it, I, I guess an interesting question, given where we're going to go to later in this podcast, is if a customer uses Notes and Domino and then they need another tool, is WebSphere Portal and WAS an area they would look to naturally go to because they all come from IBM Software Group? So I, I hear quite a lot that we have WebSphere but it's over there and they'll point in some general direction that's not in their realm of sphere of influence. And it normally boils down to something to do with their ERP system. I even needed it to run. It's not JD Edwards anymore. It's, it's whatever, whatever one web sphere needs to run the ERP system. I can't, the name will come to me and, and I'll, I'll just spout it out in the middle of this conversation. Okay. Uh, or, it's to do with something like MQ series. We have quite a few customers that are involved in the import-export business. And no, I don't mean drug dealing. <laughs> <laughs> At least not yet. A lot that I know of. And they use MQ series a lot to integrate in with the US customs and border control people. So we, we hear the word WebSphere. But because WebSphere ironically is a brand and there are tens if not hundreds of products within that brand it's kind of hard to see where and i also have a couple of customers over the years who who used to who built their infrastructure on domino they kind of outgrew domino and then went to a full j2e was uh environment but because of the licensing ramifications of that they eventually went to jboss so that's normally been the life cycle of, of what I've seen is, you know, they, they usually will dip their toe into WebSphere, pure WebSphere, but then be a bit scared off by, you know, the, the, the investment, especially if you're coming from a reasonably cheap, reasonably priced domino infrastructure, and we're used to it. it, it it's kind of a deep pocket penknife kind of idea. And Mike, have you got any thoughts of that? I mean, you know, I don't want to focus too much on your company, but, you know, from a customer point of view, you know, do, I guess, I guess the question might be, do you consider that you're buying solutions from um, you know, maybe IBM Software Group and therefore if Domino doesn't fit the bill for whatever reason, would you as an individual naturally think to look at other products in the portfolio because they've got a, a greater synergy with what you do with Domino or, or is it purely that you go to find the right platform, the right tool for the job you need to do? Well, my boss is definitely good at trying to find the right tool for the right job. Um, he that that's that's one of his philosophies. He he would consider WebSphere. He is, you know we have nothing against WebSphere. We would certainly consider that. But it, it right now it's just too much for us. So uh, we just you know we did 
check out workplace a few years ago, unfortunately, and uh, <laughs> we had that experience. So, so we are willing to try different things from IBM. Okay. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting and, to see uh, what happens. I mean, dragging it back to Portland Factory or Web Experience Factory, as it's now known, I, I've heard some pretty good things about it from the people that use it. I think it's a good way of building portless. It also supports uh, the iWidget standard, which means that um, you can develop iWidgets for connections, for example, in that tool. So if you want to have some uh, you know, additional widgets to bring business applications through into your social business environment, then Portland Factory or Web Experience Factory, as it's now known, is, is, is maybe a good tool for you to look at in that area. And I've got a couple of customers via four levels of abstraction, hint, hint, cough, cough, um, where they do use Parler Factory a lot. And it, it kind of reminded me, when I saw Parler Factory way back when, when, when Bush Street first was purchased, and this was when, when I was looking at it, and it reminded me a lot when I first saw the composite application environment inside of Notes 8, it reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. Absolutely, I think they probably got some quite sort of common areas of background as well. I mean, looking at the um, at the announcement letter for seven oh one, there's some new stuff in there around mobile um, platforms building. Be- being able to build solutions that will work both on the desktop um, through the browser and also on tablets and mobile platforms. So it's clear that that's a quite strategic sort of part of the of the overall application development environment for uh, the IBM products. So um, yeah, do take a look. We've got a link in the show notes to that. And while you touched on mobile, I would love to know what what are IBM targeting as far as mobile? Are they saying mobile to us is WebKit? Are they saying mobile to us is, is X? Just the same way they said our standard default web JavaScript extension is going to be Dojo. I wonder if they've done the same thing for mobile. That's an interesting perspective. I think probably that'd be a really good topic for a later podcast. Maybe get on somebody from the mobile development team. Um, you know, perhaps Marty Moore might come on to to talk about that. We're trying to get him scheduled later on. Um, in the it seemed like they started off very much on the mobile web browser point of view, didn't they? So developing for WebKit, like um, iNotes Ultralight was was developed for, and then they've kind of gradually moved to to now looking at more uh, native apps. So um, yeah, there's there's a new connections client coming from IBM that that's been quite clearly um, you know thought about and, and discussed at Low Sphere. I think they're they're looking at doing some things for other IBM products as well. So. I think maybe it's a it's it's not a one size fits all. It's it's they're going to develop for multiple different platforms in multiple different ways. I mean, we're seeing that with Traveler already, aren't we? So on um, iPhone, it's an integration point with the with the native tools. On Android, it's an entirely new mail client, isn't it? So I guess you know, as, as I say, it would be a good question to ask to find out exactly what standards they're building for. And, and to clarify my question, I was more thinking that the IBM Web Experience Factory would be implicitly saying this is for a web browser and ergo are they targeting example exactly like webkit and it would i think that would be an interesting thing to find out yeah okay we'll have somebody on the call we'll try and get that scheduled i think it'd be a good conversation to have now there's um a few ibm uh user groups coming up pretty soon uh, we just had pack lug we you know, had uk lug a couple of months ago we've got i am lug coming up relatively soon too but um there's also one that we haven't mentioned so far which is mw lug now mike i think you're part of the organizing organizing committee for this um when's it coming is it in august sometime it is in uh, august from august 24th to the 26th okay and it's up here in milwaukee wisconsin Excellent. at the sheridan milwaukee brookfield hotel yeah 
And go Badgers. Go Badgers. Yeah, yeah. We expect a couple hundred people. That, that's that's how many were there last year. So it was a good turnout. And uh, we, we hope to have the same. Uh, last year we had three different tracks, uh, an admin track, a developer track, and, and an X-Pages track. And we hope to do the same again this year. Uh, we're still... Today's the last day to submit a, an abstract, so we're, we're hoping a bunch, a bunch of people come in because people are, things are a little slow coming in, but uh, we'll, we'll get something together by then. Excellent. Uh, I'm doing a, an X-Pages workshop again with, War, with Roy Ruminar, where the people, uh, people come in, they bring in their laptops, we, and what we're going to do this time is give them an older X pages app or no an older notes application and then we're going to show them how to update it using X pages without changing their forms and their views necessarily. Nice. So, so we're we're hoping yeah we're hoping that they'll be useful for them and that'll be something they can really take back to their organization start using right away. Brilliant. That sounds really really good. So uh, you ran it. Oh, sorry, it was run last year as well. So it's the second year. And um, it sounds like you had a good number of people. This is the third year. Third year. Excellent. Yeah, this is the third year. It was in Chicago, then Cleveland, and now it's up in Milwaukee. So we we move it around uh, since the Midwest Lotus Users Group is really a combination of several user groups in the Midwestern United States. The place where it happens moves around from year to year. That's really good. And looking at the list of sponsors on there, is some, uh, are they sponsored? Uh, sponsors confirmed for this year, or are they from last year's event? No, that all these are from this year. That's great. So it's thirteen. Yeah, really yeah. good sponsors: GBS, CDW, um, you know, Docova, Team Studio, people like that. I think, yeah, that clearly shows how uh, well supported the event is. I think, yeah, that, that's a really good list. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're very happy they all, and it seemed like they all came on quickly, right, right in the beginning uh, of this. They were they were right there, so we're very very happy with the sponsorship, and even the hotel is is donating something. So it's it's really great. Excellent. Okay, so the dates again uh, for that are August twenty fourth to twenty sixth. And do you want to tell us what the link is for the website for that event? It's a uh, mwlug.com. Excellent. Nice and easy to remember as well. And you mentioned and, X pages yes, in yes, terms. Yes. <laughs> and you mentioned X pages in terms of the workshop and and the track. I, I think there's a, a a design competition going on at the moment. Are you aware of that? Yes, yes, there is. I'm, I'm very aware of that because I've been working on that uh, every day. There's something that comes up with that. There's um, <laughs> what we're doing is it. <laughs> I mean, if people have questions, I, I need to write an FAQ for this. Uh, but there's a lot of, uh, but there's a X Pages contest where asking people to design a new X Pages application based on one of the old Nifty Fifty templates. I don't know if you, uh, if you two are old enough to remember the Nifty Fifty, but uh, they're from the four <laughs> days. You're too nice, Mike. <laughs> and uh, and and um, and they definitely look. Uh, like R three R four application, so we thought that would be a good basis to, you know, just to give people something to work on. You know, instead of saying, "Well, design anything you want," we we pick nine of those templates for, or actually, their databases to, uh, for the participants to work on, and uh, we're asking that they 
put on a XPages interface for it. And we have downloads to all the different databases. Now, the, those databases are not open source, so they can't use the actual databases, but they can use them for inspiration. Uh, they can see how they work, you know, get some field names, things like that, and then uh, build their own applications from that. If the design is locked, uh, it's open source. So, I want to commend, I think this is an excellent idea, and I just want to go down the, I guess, the Nifty 9, right? Is what it would be called now. So there's the book reviews, call tracking, yeah, we got- clip out. Clipart catalog, contract library, event calendar, expense report, job candidates, job posting, and recipes. I, I would say about between between book reviews, recipes, and expense report, I think we have all the major food groups covered there. <laughs> well, we, we were definitely trying to make it interesting, and and I do want to say this was Richard's Moy, Richard Moy's idea uh, to to have this contest, and he's been working very hard on MWL, all different aspects of it, catering and the hotel and all that. And I came up with the idea with the Nifty 50. I, I, I'm in, I've been wanting those updated for a long time. <laughs> you, so me, and There's an opportunity to get that done. So, so it says the, yeah. grand pri- the grand prize is a tablet. I, I guess it doesn't mean an aspirin, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. We're, okay. it, it might be a, a playbook. It might be an iPad. We're still working on the... Uh, the actual prizes, so that okay. that is uh, not determined yet. So we're keeping uh, it intentionally vague. It's it's a phenomenal idea. I I think it, it this may actually take off in in other looks. You know, do the do the X pages development contest and take a chunk of the nifty fifty and just slowly build them out ourselves. And you know, basically screw right. IBM. We'll do it right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they're working on other things, I guess. So we'll just keep going. With- <laughs> And and the suggestion is that these will be released to OpenNTF.org when the contest is is over. Is that kind of a mandatory requirement, or is that just something you're asking people to do? We're just asking people to do to do that. For the um, we're we're having them sign a waiver. That we're they're still working on that form. We are still working on that form, but having them sign a waiver so it's Apache license. They're going to meet all the qualifications for OpenNTF anyway, so they might as well submit it. I noticed one of the rules is you cannot use the X pages extension library. Is what, what's the rationale behind that? But it's eight five one. Well, we don't know if everybody has access to the X pages extension library or can use it. So we just we're just trying to keep it fair because some people can't put that on their servers. Can't you? They might not be able to get put that on the machines that they normally use. It, fair it, point. You know, we're, we're just trying to have a level playing field. That's great, and, and maybe it was too much of a restriction. We 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 don't know, so we're just you know this is our first shot at this, so we're we're trying to take our best guess and move it forward from that. And I think there's there's some really good things in that requirements list. I mean, you mentioned the extension library, but you know it's got to be browser based, it's got to work with you know Chrome, Safari, Firefox, IE, and so on. It, it sounds like that the applications that come out of this will be really relevant to, to a large number of users, which is great. And and also I, I appreciate the fact you're judging on not just the um you know the abilities of the application, the functionality, but also the appearance and the originality. So I'm sure you're gonna get some really great apps out of this. I think it's a terrific idea. Yeah yeah we've had a few people ask us about it already. So I know uh yeah I'm 
I know it'll be good. We're really looking forward to it. And I'm looking for a vacation a nice request database in X Pages, so feel free to take out one of the fluff ones and put that in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We'll use that as our maybe in our workshop. You need that. There you go. Let's let's do that. And I, I know that it's being sponsored. Right. The event is being sponsored by Promenek uh, as well, which is um, which is. Yeah, great that they're supporting this. Um, yeah, this contest and and you yeah, know the idea of these getting getting these databases up to date as well. So thank you to Promnick for doing that. Yeah, yeah, they've they've been a big help. They're gonna give us a place to store these databases. Give us a place. We're, we're going to create a discussion template for the judges to discuss uh, and and vote on things. So they're they they've been a big help. And John from Promnick's up in that area, right? I think he's in Chicago. Yeah, I think, I think sure. they're based out of Illinois, right? Oh, I think, yeah, I, yeah. All right, I, I was thinking you were thinking up in Wisconsin. I'm thinking that area. Yeah, no, I'm oh. pretty sure they are in, in, yeah. in Illinois. Oh. Yes, thank you to Promenik. Good guys. I like Promenik. I like the Promenitians. Yes, 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 yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you for organizing that, Mike, and also for your work on MW Lug. It's, it's yeah, wonderful to see so many folks in the community contributing to these efforts that are you know, making life better for, for everybody in the community. So thank you for you uh, for doing that. Which brings us on to communities and um, something that took place earlier in the week was the traditional monthly uh, call that Joyce Davis and her team organises. Uh, it's been through a few different names. It was the LTIE call. It's, it then went through the Lotus is it community user experience community and it's now being called something different. But either way, it's the, the premier kind of community call that IBM does each month. Um, and the topic this month, well, there's a there's a topic in its own right. It went through a few different names, um, started out as being, um, you know, is, is the Lotus brand going away, went through something else and then ended up as being a social business evolution call. So um, it's it's been an interesting week in terms of some of the fallout from that. Darren, do you want to kick us off? We, I, I know you're on the call. I saw some comments from you on the call. How do you think IBM did in terms of meeting the expectations of the people that were on that call and listening in? I think the first half of the call went splendidly, which is how it normally goes, which is a couple of people in the community introduce themselves. And in this one, it was it was Pearl Austrum. Um, You know, we, they, they do an overview. That, that stuff is always top-notch, always great. Then we usually have a bit more of an in-depth talk about something um, and Joyce does a phenomenal job setting up all of these speakers and getting and, and cat herding the community members to come on and extol themselves because not while there are a lot of community members, not maybe not as many are outspoken as me and Stuart. So it's it's a good outlet, I think, for them. But I think an awful lot of people were um, a bit upset because it was much ado about nothing. Is 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 about what sums it up? Uh, you know, we're all hoping to find out that IBM was going to come out of the closet, so to speak, on, on the rebranding effort, if indeed it is a rebranding effort, or if indeed it's not a rebranding effort. And I think 30 minutes into the call, it was all going swimmingly, and then, as someone said online, it was social, social, blah, blah, and that's kind of all we got. It, was, it wasn't even 100,000 feet overview it was 20 million miles out in the stratosphere of the stuff that was showing and i just 
think they missed. They they're running out of unique opportunities. This was a unique opportunity for IBM to get get their story straight. Lotus Fear 2011 was a, a unique opportunity from get the story straight, and they've managed to waste the last six to seven months, and we are still no further forward on where this thing is going. So I think everyone's just frustrated. And Mike, were you on the call? I mean, did, did it meet your expectations of what they were going to discuss? No, it's. I was disappointed. I expected something very much different than that. I, I, I think I expected answers, and there weren't answers. And so uh, I was not particularly happy with the way that call ended up. Just because it, it didn't, it, it seemed like a great opportunity to say, hey, this is what we're doing. We have a lot, there was a lot of people there. It was the people that are really pro-Lotus. They're, they they want to see where it's going. They want to move with it to, you know, to wherever Lotus Lotus is going, whatever direction it is. And and we just don't know where to go. So we were, that's, I think that was my disappointment. It's just no answers. And and, and the second big worry is it, it seems to be IBM have no clue either. It just smacks of a, a bit like the foundations debacle just a f- couple of months ago. Just just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, they managed to make it worse. And, and it just seems like that maybe it, it, it's, it's going to such a high level now that I don't think anyone is willing to make a decision and just come out and say what we all know is true. All of the products they think they can sell as net new licenses are going into one pile, and all of the stuff that they think is a steaming pile of dog shit is staying in another pile. Now, would I come out and say that if I were IBM? Probably not either. But either, either, either say it or don't. don't. Don't try and say it and then pull it back and just act as if nothing has happened. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just... It, it kind of smacks of incompetence. And that's the, the scariest thing, I think, in some ways, is that, you know, th- th- there is a strategy there. You know, much as people like me that blog about it, you know, say that, that you know, there isn't a strategy, we don't know what strategy is. There must be a strategy. And I think it's a matter of communication of that strategy. It's either, you know, either they can't communicate it or they're choosing not to communicate it. And I'm not quite sure which is, is most scary in many ways. And I think, as you say, Darren, th- this was this was the the opportunity to do it. There were over over 200 people on that call. I think it peaked about 210, 220. Um, you know, key activists, opinion makers, pace setters, to use that Lotus Nose term, they were on that call listening for an answer, as they were at Lotusphere listening, as they were at UK Lug that you and I were both at, waiting to hear what the story is. And and they didn't hear it. And I think you could see in the back chat that was going on that people's expectations weren't being met. Now, a lot of that, I think, came from the fact that the the webcast had been renamed so many times. Um and unfortunately, actually, the original name is, is the Lotus brand going away. Was still in the URL of the of the event, and so many people saw that. And and I think you know if you start off saying that's what we're going to discuss, and then you get to a point where the presentation doesn't even mention Lotus, let alone the products within that brand, I think you've got a serious case of just not hitting the mark that you've set for yourself. And and Bill Maltilski summed it up. He said, you know, on the call. Um, he he dialed in and he, he he asked to speak and and I think the word he said was disconnect and and I don't there there is obviously disconnect there is obviously a massive disconnect 
but I'm not even sure if IBM realizes there's a disconnect. And and, and that's that could well be the problem. You know, one of the things that I would hate to to be the result of this call is that either the community is seen as almost kind of a troublemaker in in terms of the in terms of some of the chat that went on on that call or else that the community management piece that Joyce does so brilliantly is seen as being a problem because I think both those things are working exactly as designed and as as you know wished for I think the issue is that the feedback that the community is given isn't reaching the people that needs to hear that feedback and and I I would completely agree I I I think the people that run the community things Joyce, Amanda Bauman on the wiki side, they, they, they do a phenomenal job with not very many resources and a lot of screaming children. <laughs> the could, fact that they can pull this off are, every month group. is, yeah, it's phenomenal. We are a passionate group and I think that's maybe what irks IBM. You know, yeah, they've got rid of the blue suits and ties every day, but they're still a bit of an uptight organization and I think we scare them a bit. Yeah, I cannot say enough good things about Joyce and Amanda. They've been uh, they've been very helpful. They, they helped get the X Pages uh, forum up very, very quickly. So, uh, just you know, a little history with that, and and just with this regular community call, she's she's very involved, helping people out. Uh, you know, I know she really helped Dave Leedy with the cheat sheets. I mean, she she has a history of just really jumping in into the community and doing whatever we ask her to do so yeah she's a she's a wonderful resource for IBM and 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 my my big worry is and and I tweeted something along these lines it, it was something along the lines of that the absence of a coherent message makes the likelihood of a coherent outcome exponentially more unlikely and this is my worry we've had 6 months and if that's the best thing they could come up with in six months then someone's got a problem it might be us hmm. and and mike can i can i ask you then so again you know forgetting the the particular organization you work for but as a customer and a developer do you personally feel that you need to understand this strategy i mean you know you must be thinking about what tools you develop in what what platforms you develop for I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you must be thinking about your own future. So how how is important how important is it that IBM gets this strategy out there and communicated properly for your own needs? Well, for my personal needs, it's I, I think it's very important. I think it's I, I worry about the, the ecosystem. You know, will there be small companies that that are able to use Notes and Domino? Uh, you know, will will there be opportunities there for me as a developer? Or will it only be in Fortune 500 companies or consulting companies? Will it, you know, and I worry about that for me in case I want to move on somewhere or start my own company or, I mean, who knows what the future holds. And, and I worry about my friends too, the ones that are consultants, the ones that are uh, thinking about moving, you know, maybe, maybe they're, low, they're notes developers and they're, they don't know if they want to move into X pages or maybe, you know, it's, they, they need to learn more Java or maybe just move on to something else. Uh, I, I worry about my friends in small business, if, if, if things will be there for, for them. So I, I do worry about that. I mean, I, I worry, will I have to write new code that doesn't connect into Domino 
databases, right? I got to go to relational databases. So do I need more training on that now? You know, will, will this be there? Will I have to learn how to work with Active Directory or, or, or some, some sort of open directory kind of thing? How, well, I need to do more cloud, cloud-based stuff. It really opens up a lot of questions for me and where I need to bring my training, where I need to see where things go personally and, you know, and even maybe where my company has, has to go. What kinds of, will, will, we have, will we have to spend more money on new software, different software? Um, that's why I, that, that's the questions I have. That, that's some of the questions that I was hoping would get answered. You know, and, and I haven't heard anybody say that, they, that IBM should keep the Lotus name. Of all the people I've talked to, they, they all agree that it's a good idea. It's, it's not very popular in the marketplace. They should do that. But I think everybody thinks we should keep Notes and Domino, that software, because what it does, you can't get anywhere else. You can't get that NoSQL backend with the built-in security and the replication and, uh, and, and all those other great things it has. It's nowhere else. So it's, and, it's unique, and, and it would be a shame if, if IBM just, you know, uh, if IBM let it disappear. Well, and what's, what's going to be interesting is in, in a few months or years, an analyst firm is going to come out and say the next big thing is a NoSQL backend, and IBM is going to go invent mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Why? Or probably pay a fortune to buy one from somebody else, you know, when they've got such a great tool in, in Domino and Notes today. And I, I think that's that's where my concern lies, is is that we've got a vibrant product, which, yes, its name is tarnished in some quarters, but still for very many businesses around the world, Notes and Domino is doing a great job. Yeah, you know, and, and the the needs it, it surfaces, or, or the requirements it meets, rather, are valid business requirements still. Yes, there are requirements to be more social, to be out there in, in the marketplace, to listen to what your customers are saying. All of those things that social business is about are absolutely right. But but the requirements that Notes and Domino meet today are still absolutely valid. And so if you know Notes and Domino goes away or becomes deprecated, then how are we going to meet the needs of email and instant messaging and the small business-focused apps and you know all the great stuff that you developers like Mike do with with Notes and Domino, how are they going to be met? And they're not going to be met by connections. You know, a very small subset of them may be met by connections, but those requirements are still going to be there. And the customer, if they're not seeing the answers to those requirements coming from Lotus Notes and Domino or Notes and Domino in some other form, uh, some other name from IBM, then they're going to go to somewhere else. You know, they're going to go to Exchange, they're going to go to Gmail, they're going to go to whatever the next tool is out there that replaces Notes and Domino. And if IBM are prepared to just say, we're going to give up on that, we're going to give up on that complete set of requirements, we'll leave that to somebody else, we're just going to focus on social business, well, more for them. I don't believe that's the right thing for them to do because those requirements are real, they you know require customer dollars, they require partners to deliver those, and you know if, if Notes and Domino isn't the answer, then what is? Is IBM just, just moving away from that? Uh, yeah, and and this, is, this is the question for the ages. They've seeded the office market to Microsoft and have been lamenting that for decades. You know, God knows how much money Microsoft get out of office and how much money IBM has lost after killing SmartSuite, even though it's still an unsupport product, it's kind of killed. Yet, 10 years later, they come back and they release Symphony for free in order to kind of bite back at, 
at, at Microsoft, which is kind of a bit of a stupid idea because it was IBM that let them win in the first place. So, you know, draw a line of sand and take these guys on, and I think that's kind of where we miss Bob. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, looking to the to the positive, if if we can, um, you know, if we take the message at face value that um, that they delivered on that call yesterday, Scott, uh, or sorry, earlier in the week, Scott Newman delivered. It was all about how you know partners and customers that were on that call as well need to understand that social business is the future, is the way that businesses need to develop their collaboration tooling. Um, I don't think IBM made a very good case for how to get from A to B, from where they are with Notes and Domino to social business tools. Um, but do you, do you think us as partners, Darren, have a way of transitioning customers from one to the other? Do you think the materials, the um, you know, the ROI studies, the total cost friendship studies, the the you know stuff we need to take a customer from one to the other is out there? Do you, do you think that's possible today, or do you think it's still two very different areas that they're trying to cover? Ooh, I, I think it's possible for some business partners. I would say it's not possible for the majority. And and I think that's just the, the realm that, that, that you play in. Whichever sandpit you play in, I think, is, is kind of where, you, where you're making money and moving from one sandpit to another. For the smaller partners, it's, it's difficult. Um, there was a kind of a comment that, you know, just learn it all, which I, I found kind of ironic you know, I could spend my entire entire life doing certifications, and I wouldn't be certified on all the stuff IBM have. So, I, I think social business as a concept is still too abstract to have any types of ROI on it, which is why they like to phrase return on everything, which I think is just a corny get out for saying, you know, we don't know that, but what's the return on your mother? Right? Example. Yeah. You can't put a price on your mother, but if she wasn't around, you know what? Yeah, you wouldn't be here either. So it, it's one of them things that I think people are still having a hard time grasping. And maybe the truth of the matter is the return on investment is kind of a crappy metric. And that's why it can't fit into this. Maybe this is the turning point to say return on investment is a shitty metric and it should never have been used in the first place. Really, it's a return on whatever you put into it. And And I hate the term return on because it's not a return on it's an investment it's an investment in the future just like email was an investment in the future i'm sure there were several well i remember the first time i deployed lotus notes in a company it was intra-company email only smtp didn't really exist back then um so you know it was it was a step now you couldn't go into an organization and say i'm putting an email server but i'm not letting you send email outside that's just nonsensical these days and and I think that's the problem we have today with, with, with social business is it's, is it's a hard thing to explain and just putting the word social on front of it, I think, scares a lot of people off. And how about you, Mike? Do you, do you see social business as something that, you know, you would inevitably kind of be looking at and, and working out how your notes and domino applications can be more social in the future or do you see it as something that you'd need to move to a different platform or a different set of tools to be able to deliver i see notes domino being able to deliver everything socially that, that we would want it's it's made for connecting to other people it's made for collaboration social is just collaboration to, to me it's just a uh, social just means connecting with other people and uh 
and, and that's been the strength of Notes Domino for a long time. So, and it could do everything that, that I want to do. I, I think it could certainly build any social application that I, that I would want to put together. And Mike has you know, just we, outlined yeah. very eloquently the disconnect that IBM have. They do not understand really, unfortunately for the vast majority of IBMers, that, that Domino was the de, de facto social platform. All they've done is change the word social for collaboration just because it's the latest buzzword. And Mike's exactly said what, what everyone thinks. If I've already got this platform, I can do everything I need on this platform. Why would I need something else? And I think, honestly, deep down, that's what irks the crap out of IBM. And and it's interesting. An outsider brought this up just last week. We on, on the podcast last week we spoke about the Enterprise Two O conference, and Louis Benitez was there. Um, Peter O'Kelly, who's a, a very well known blogger, um, blogged about the fact that there was no trace of of Notes and Domino at Enterprise Two O. It's almost the you know the 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 term that's just never spoken in that environment. But also that it was everywhere at Enterprise Two O. If you looked at almost any booth, any vendor, any product. They do what Notes and Domino does if you take it down to that level. You know, it's about sharing. It's about team spaces. It's about, um, you know, interactions with other people. It's about collecting feedback. It, you know, anything that you could do on Notes and Domino 10 years ago, you can now do in these social tools, maybe in a nicer GUI or in a, you know, a more open way. But but it's all about the stuff that we've been able to do with Notes and Domino. We, we could do it with Notes and Domino back in the workplace days. We can do it with Notes and Domino today. Um, it's just just not marketed in that way and and if IBM so chose they could build their social solutions like connections on Domino but they chose not to but that doesn't mean that it's not the right platform to build social tools on for other people for the organizations for the partners in the future and I think what they could be saying is that social business is absolutely the way ahead that's the campaign we're going to use you know we're going to take that forward but connections which is actually so good internally or externally, at the moment, doesn't do that piece through the firewall particularly well. But that's where Domino can really sit. You know, you can build a Domino application. Mike and his developer, uh, can build an application that sits on Domino that does that internal-external mix so brilliantly because of things like directory assistance and so on. And and so if it was really a, a fundamental part of the social business message, then I think we'd all be supporting that new message. It's the issue that's completely excluded from social business message that is offending so many people. Yes, which is a great shame, given the products like Idea Jam and many others that sit on top of Domino that do that social piece really well. Yes. And that is probably where we need to leave it. It's it's five two. Our, our hour has whistled by. I'm sure we'll be back to this topic in the future many, many more times. Oh, I haven't got a tip. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask Mike then. Let's go to Mike first. What's your tip? Okay. All right. Luckily, a few days ago, a, a co-worker recommended... A, a new, I don't know if it's new, but to me it's new, an Android phone application called Juice Defender. My, my Android phone just seems to leak. Uh, it's uh, not just yours. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. I've, I've heard that from many people. So it's called Juice Defender. There's free versions and there's pay versions. And the, um, I'm, I'm trying out the free version and seems to be working pretty good. So that's my, that's my tip. Also, learn X pages. It's still learning X pages month, so <laughs> one more day. So, uh, any developers out there, learn X pages. Because if you don't, you'll you won't be able to learn it for another nine months. 
<laughs> That's right. This is it. <laughs> Excellent. There's Thank great opportunities at the. <laughs> There's great opportunities at the lugs this summer. So I am Lugger MW Lug. If you're in the central United States, come on now. Come on over. Excellent. It would certainly suggest people do that. Thank you, Mike. And uh, Darren, have you got a tip yet? I, I kind of have. Um, so in my effort to extend myself beyond the brand that shall not be named and beyond the product that should not be named... Um, I've been involved in some really, really, really high-end uh, surveillance camera stuff lately. And because of that, we have to know the exact GPS coordinates of where the cameras are and the radio tanners, etc. like that. And I found this application on the iPhone called GPS Location Free, which I swear is about as accurate as you get on the front of a Tomahawk nuclear missile. This thing... <laughs> it knows exactly to like one, two, three, four, five decimal points where wow. you are. Yeah, so if, if I'll put a link in the show notes, but if you're ever interested in what the lat long is, and this thing gives lat long by minutes and seconds, lat long by degrees and decimals, and lat long just by uh, decimals, period. And uh, it really is an interesting kind of concept. And I was able to get the exact lat long coordinates, give them to Homeland Security. And I said, if they're wrong, blame Apple. And they came back and they were like literally spot on to the, like within six feet. That is very impressive. Excellent, Darren. Thank you very much for that. Stick that in the uh, in the show notes. We'll make sure people are aware of that. Yep. Great. And I have a couple. Uh, first of all, I blogged earlier on this week about the opportunity to get free retakes on IBM certification exams. Um, you have to go and get a voucher first. So you get a voucher and then you book your exam um, with Prometric. And that way you then uh, get the opportunity to take a free retake on the exam if you fail it, rather than you having to wait a month and then um, pay for a, another retake. And particularly for some of the bigger exams, like the Connections one, that can save you, you know, $100 plus. So, so do bear that in mind. Um, have a link to that in the show notes the other one is if you're a mac user there are some really great tools that um, provide extra shell facilities on the, the OSX uh, user interface. Um, one I've used for many years is Quicksilver, where you can just use a keystroke that brings up a little menu and you can type in um, a command. You can use uh, macros and so on to do things within the user interface. It's something I really miss when I do have to go back to Windows for anything. Well, there's a replacement for Quicksilver, which has kind of been dormant for a little while, called Alfred. It's uh, bang up today. It works online. It's available in the apps store it's completely free it's got a lovely ui um, and it's a really terrific tool so if you're a mac user get hold of alfred learn how it works and it will really improve your productivity a really great tool does batman have one of them too <laughs> they should do they should do it's, it's ter- terrific I, I really recommend it so get hold of that if uh, if you're interested so, i wonder if that's where we got the name alfred possibly oh was he the butler yeah Ah, I'm out of date with my uh, Batman knowledge. Possibly so. <laughs> Excellent. Note to self, swatch up on my Batman knowledge. I shall, time. I shall. Mike, I really appreciate you taking part in this call, taking time out of your busy week and for all the work you do on MW Lug and the X-Pages contest and everything else. So thank you very much for joining us. Do you want to tell us how to get oh, hold of you? So. on? Thank you, Darren. It's, it's always great. That's all right. And how do people find you on Twitter? And do you have a blog as well? I have a blog. It's on the Bleed Yellow site, uh, bleedyellow.com slash blog slash McGarrell Gramming, capital M, capital G, and then a capital G for Gramming. I'm also on uh, Twitter as M. McGarrell, and my blog shows up on Planet Lotus, so that's probably the easiest way to find that. 
Terrific. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate you taking part. And Darren, how do people track you down? Blog.downduke.net for all things llama related. <laughs> um, and Darren Duke, all one word, on Twitter for my rants about getting the knots out of the llama's fur. <laughs> Excellent. And I'm Stuart McIntyre. Find me on Twitter at Stuart McIntyre and the company site is collaborationmatters.com. A quick reminder of an event that's going on next Monday. Um, It's Social Connections in London, 4th of July, and it's the Connections User Group. If you're interested, get over to socialconnections.info. Got a packed agenda there that's now been published. Um, And on next week on This Week in Llamas, we cover how to milk an apaca, best practice for plaiting llama hair, and indeed why. The future of llamas is to be revealed all next week. And this was This Week in Llamas. Bye for now. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. I'm, I'm wondering how you came up with plaiting llama hair. Because <laughs> I was trying to write it really quickly just for the end. <laughs> I would love to know the thought chain that got you to that mental image. <laughs> and a reminder from episode 41 with James Governor, Monk Chips. Well, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the record. I, I think that, you know, brands, frankly... Um, Help us navigate. Uh, they do have some value. I think one of the things that IBM forgets, um, sort of seems to repeatedly forget, is that it, it doesn't actually own its brand. Um, the market does. Mm. You know, IBM is always, you know, oh, yeah, I know. Let's, uh, let, let, let's have a new, let's have a new, let's call this product something else. And then that will be better. <laughs> uh, um, MQ, MQ series, bah, that's rubbish. Yeah. Tens of thousands of customers happy with the product. I know, we'll call it WebSphere MQ. That'll clear things up. <laughs> Let's call everything WebSphere. You know, and, and then people say, aha, WebSphere, the IBM middleware museum. You know, then IBM says, ah, these servers. Sod that. The AS400, what a load of rubbish. We can do better. Let's call it the i-series. I know, i-series isn't cool enough. Let's call it <laughs> system i because if, if we just have a bunch of boxes called PZ and I, they're going to be really easy to find on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>